Today, we turn our attention to the third Aliyah, from Shlishi to Ruvi in Parshas Tetzaveh. Yesterday, we learned in, in detail <coughs> about two of the begodim, two of the priestly garments. They were the ephod, the apron-like beged, which wrapped around the Kohen Gadol from behind, leaving the front exposed, which had around it a cheshev, a band, and also had kisfoso efo, the shoulder straps. We learned about the choshen, which was the breastplate, and how that was tied and fastened very tightly to the ephod. And now, and, and within it, within the choshen, was the mysterious urim vetumim. Now, we're about to learn of another beged, namely the me'il, or the, or the robe. The osiso es me'il ho'efod kalil techeles. This was made purely of wool, colored the color of techeles, dyed blue wool. Now, it's called, although it's a me'il, and Rashi stresses that it is a separate garment, Nevertheless, because the ephod wraps around it, the ephod is the outermost garment, the me'il is under it, and the ephod wraps around it and holds it in place, therefore the me'il is called the me'il of the ephod. Now this me'il is open at the top, it has like a neck opening. The hem at the opening where the neck would go, is bent over, bent over, inwards. So that it has a woven hem all around it. So by the collar, there is a, a woven hem all around. This is like the opening in a coat of armor. A coat of mail. Kefi Sachro, the Targum says, Kefum Shirion, and Shirion means scales, armor, mail, M-A-I-L. And this is the, around, about the opening, the neck opening of the Me'il. Kefi Sachro, Yihiyelo, Lo Yikorea. Rashi points out that this mail, this armor around the collar, this bent over tough collar is made this way so that it will not rip. That's one aspect of the meaning of lo yi korea. As Rashi says, kedei shalo yi korea, so that it not tear. But additionally, lo yi korea is an injunction. Do not tear it. A person who tears it is guilty of one of the lavin, one of the negative commandments in the Torah, just like just like in yesterday's uh, study, lo yizach hachoshen, the alo ephod, the choshen must always be connected to the ephod, can't be removed. So too, here too, the the lo yikorea means it's not allowed to be to be torn. 
Viosiso al shulov, around the bottom hem, imagine a skirt or a gown or a robe along the bottom of it, sofiv all around, there should be made rimone, which literally means pomegranates, which means round-shaped, Rashi says, like egg-shaped, oval-shaped balls, are decorations all around the hem of the me'il. These rimonim are made like balls of wool, but they're composed of blue-dyed wool, purple-dyed wool, and tola'as shoni, which we've been translating as silk. Al shulav soviv, all around. Ufa'amonei zahov, golden bells, bisocham soviv. Now Rashi understands this to mean that around the hem of the garment you had a bell, a rimon, a bell, a rimon, a bell, a rimon. So that the bells were between the rimonim and that is the meaning of these golden bells, Bisocham, were among or between, but not inside of the uh, Rimonim. Others have a different approach to this, but we will stay in this study with Rashi. Indeed, the next Posuk, Lamedalad, seems to support Rashi's approach. Pa'amon Zahov is a gold bell, next to it, a Rimon. Pamon Zahov, a gold bell, next to it, a rimon. Al Shulei Hameil Sofiv, all around the bottom hem of the Meil robe. So now we have finished with the Meil. We've now studied the Ephod, article of clothing number one. The Choshen, article of clothing number two. And the rimon, and sorry, the Meil, article of clothing number three. Around the bottom of the rimon are these bells. And the Torah says, This robe should be upon Aaron when he serves. So that when he enters the Kodesh, you will hear him coming because you will hear the bells tingling. And similarly, when he leaves, you will hear the bells ringing. And in that manner, he will not die. Rashi here learns from this that these articles of clothing must be upon the Kohen Gadol. If he serves in the base of Migdosh, missing one of the items of clothes, he, he, he will be punished by the divine, by God himself. The idea of bells around the hem and their ringing as he enters the Kodesh is explained by the Ramban that it's as if a person enters the palace. When you enter the palace, you don't just walk in. You announce yourself by ringing, ringing a bell, a gong, knocking on the door, etc. So too, when the Kohen Gadol enters, we have this Venishma Kolo, Bavo el Hakodesh. Others commentaries, the Choshor, for example, says that we derive from here that when a person enters his home, even his own home, he should not just barge in; he should knock first, let people know that he's coming, and for a very interesting and lengthy 
commentary on this whole notion of entering without announcing yourself, I recommend that you consult the commentary of Rabbeinu Bachia on this matter. Now we are moving on after the Choshen, the Ephot, and the Me'il to an article of clothing. In a sense, it's not really clothing, it's a decoration upon his forehead, the Tzitz. The Posuk says, Vyotzitza Tzitz. Tzitz is translated often in English as a frontlet. It's a gold band around the upper brow of the a person upon his upper forehead. This tzitz is made of pure gold. And you engrave, carve into this um, a gold plate the words Kodesh Lashem. Just how the words were written is a dispute among the Rishonim. Most say that the word Kodesh L. Kodesh Lama, this is Rashi's opinion, was written below and above it was written the words Hashem. Not the way you would read it, but as if you would read from bottom upward. Others have a different understanding uh, from Rashi. But these words were engraved upon the tzitz. You should place, literally, you should place this tzitz upon a string or a cord or a rope of Wool, blue dyed wool. For Hoyo al Hamitznofes, and this tzitz should be on the turban that he wears. El Mul Pene Hamitznefes Yihiyeh, it should be at the front of the turban. Now, Rashi analyzes the various psukim here, which describe the positioning of the tzitz vis a vis the mitznefes. And the positioning of the tzitz vis-à-vis this pesil techeles, this techeles strand or techeles string or belt which helped um, fasten it to his head. And Rashi suggests that the way it was fastened is as follows. You inserted, you were actually three pesilim, three strings of techeles. One inserted through a hole at the left side of the band one inserted on a ho- in a hole on the right side of the band, and a third inserted in a hole in the very center of the band. This hole, the, the, this uh, seal, this strand, tucked through, put through, inserted through the middle hole, so you, you, you inserted it all the way, halfway, so now you have two strands, the strand is doubled over, entering and exiting the hole, and it goes back over the turban, over his head, and is fastened behind his head on the back of the turban with the strands coming from left and from right. So that the psil techeles of the tzitz is itself, as Rashi puts it, kind of a kova, it's kind of a hat. The tzitz itself the bands, the strands attached to it, made of treles, go from left to right, go from the left and the right of the band around his head, and then the center strands go over his head, making kind of a little cap or kova. And this cap is placed adjacent to, just underneath the mitznefes, the turban, except for the two central strands of treles which protrude over the mitznefes, holding the mitznefes in place. 
There is also room, which the Psukim do not discuss, but the Chazal go into, there's room between the Mitznefes, the turban, and the Tzitz for the Kohen to put his Tefillin. Tefillin Shel Rosh. This Tzitz is supposed to be upon Aaron's forehead. This Tzitz is on Aaron's forehead. Literally, Aaron carries the sin of the Kadoshim. Meaning, by wearing the tzitz, Aaron brings about forgiveness for sins which might have occurred with the sacrifices. And Rashi says this refers to this, to, to the instances when a sacrifice might have had its blood sprinkled or its the parts of it which go upon the altar may have become tome, may have become impure, and therefore you have a carbon which was brought bitumo. So to bring about forgiveness for the sin of bringing a carbon bitumo, that is the power of the tzitz. The tzitz is meratzeh. The tzitz brings about appeasement, forgiveness for the Avon HaKadoshim, which is the Avon of bringing a Korban in a Tuma state. The Korbanos, of course, are Korbanos. And we haven't learned too much about Korbanos yet, but ultimately we will, and we will learn that there are various Korbanos that the Jewish people brought, various times, various reasons. Those Korbanos, if there was some sin, which Rashi says means a sin of Tuma, in the bringing of the Skobonos that sits on Aaron's head was Meratzah. There's a machlokes in the Gemara whether the sits was Meratzah only when Aaron wore it or even when Aaron was not wearing it. But the, the Pasuk is telling you that this sits is to be on Aaron's forehead and it will bring about, in that manner, Aaron will bring about forgiveness for whatever sins, not whatever sins, but for sins of Tumor that may have occurred with the Korbanos. They should constantly be on his head. Simple meaning. And there are various nuances here. Simple meaning. Whenever Aaron is worshipping in the Mishkan or Beis Hamikdash, this tzitz must be upon his head. And it brings about a certain type of forgiveness uh, in God's eyes. So now we have four of the items that the Kohen Gadol wore, and these four are worn only by the Kohen Gadol. The Choshen, the Ephod, the Me'il, and the Sitz. Now we're about to learn of a fifth Beged, Vishibatstoha Kisones Sheish. You should make a linen Kisones. A Kisones is the undermost of these garments, often translated as a tunic. Kisones Sheish. It's made of linen, but it's made in linen in the form of mishpatsos, in the form of squares, squares of linen. So it wasn't one uh, uniform garb like imagine the kittel that we wear, but rather it was like a fancy robe, uh, and that's the kasonis. This was common not only to the Kohen Godot, but every Kohen had a kasonis. The Mephorshim discuss whether the ordinary Kohen, the Kohen Hedyot, whether his Kesones was also Mishubetzes, was also embroidered with these box-like patterns, or only the Kohen Godol's was. This is a dispute among the Meforshim. 
You should also make a linen turban. Again, was the linen turban, which is also worn, a turban was worn by the Kohen Hedyot, as well as by the Kohen Gadol, by the ordinary Kohen, as well as by the high priest. Was there a different type of turban? Again, a discussion in, in among the Mephoshim. The Avnei Ta'aseh Ma'aseh And you should also make a belt, a, a gartle, a belt around. Um, this is to be made of uh, embroidered uh, embroidered stuff. Uh, in the various Mephoshim, in the Rambam especially, in Hilchas Kleha Migdosh, he goes into great detail about exactly what all of these things looked like. But in the interest of just covering the text here itself, we'll not go into that type of detail. But in this Pasuk Lamed Tes, we see that Aaron had a kesones of linen, which was Mishubetzes. He had a Mitznefes, a turban of linen, and he had an Avnate of Maaseh Rokeim. That's Pasuk Lamed Tes. Now in Pasuk Mem we learn that just like Aaron had these three begonib, begodim in, an, in addition to the original four, so too, Pasuk Mem, to the sons of Aharon, to the, quote, ordinary Kohanim, you should also make these tunics, and these belts, and turbans or caps, again, was the chesones that the Bnei Aharon had similar or identical to the chesones of Aaron, Ksones of Mem, Pasuk Mem, identical, similar, or different from the Ksones of Lamates, was the, were the Migbaos, the caps worn by the Kohain Hedyut, by the Bnei Aaron, the same as the Mitznefes, the turban worn by Aaron, or different? And was the Avnate worn different or the same? This is a dispute among the Tanoim in the Gemara, in some cases among the Mephorshim. But the bottom line is, the Kohen Gadol had four begodim which were unique for him. Choshen ve'efod, umeil, and the tzitz. Then there were three additional articles of clothing, kesones, a hat, a mitznefes, or a migbaaz, and an avnate. That's, that brings it up to seven for the Kohen Gadol, and three for the Bnei Yaharon, for the Kohen Hedyot. And now we are told, you should put this clothing, the seven garments, so far we've got seven, upon the Kohen Gadol, and the three garments upon his sons. And you should anoint them, right? He says you should anoint the people, Aaron and his sons. And you should initiate them. Literally, you should fill their hands. <coughs> and Rashi says that this expression, fill their hands, means to initiate a person into a new a new task or a new role. V'kidashto some, you should sanctify them, mean designate them as special, v'chihanuli, and they shall serve me. So we have now for the Kohen Gadol seven begodim, for the Kohen Hedyot or the Bnei Aharon three begodim, we're missing one. We're missing the pants, the trousers, or to use an old-fashioned word, the breeches, B-R-E-E-C-H-E-S, which the Kohanim all wore. Now we come to them in Pasuk Membeis. Va'ase lohem michnisevot. You are to make for them uh, pants, trousers of linen. 
lichasos besar erva. It would seem the Michnasayim did not have the function of forest. They were not for dignity and glory and adornment. They were for the simple practical purposes of covering the erva, of covering the naked um, under parts of the person of the Kohen. Lechasos besar erva. They extended from the waist all the way down the thigh toward the knee, kind of like uh, knickers or, or long uh, Bermuda shorts. When Aaron or his children would enter the inner rooms of the Beis Hamikdash, the innermost room, of course, only the Kohen Gadol entered, and even he only once a year. But the outer inner room, uh, the outor room, the Heichal, was with the Menorah, the Shulchan. We'll learn soon about the Mizbeach Haktores. That's where they were, and Kohanim, besides the Kohen Gadol, had to be there from time to time. When they entered there, or when they approached the altar, the Shores Bakodesh, to serve in some way, they should wear these begodim. They should wear these clothing. Um, and be careful, lest they sin by not wearing uh, these begodim and die. This is a chukas olam. As Rashi says, chukas olam means it is a mitzvah not just for this time, but for all time, and la'akev bo. It's not just a nice thing to have these begodim. Kohen who's working must have the appropriate begodim upon him when he serves um, in one capacity or another in the Mishkan or in later history in the Beis Hamikdash. And so we have reached all the way till Revi'i. Just to summarize what we've studied so far, we began with just two psukim about the oil for the menorah. Then we went into a lengthy, lengthy discussion of the begodim, of the special priestly garments, eight for the um, Kohen Gadol, four which of those eight which were common to all Kohanim, namely the pants, the Michnesayim, the kesones, the undershirt or shirt or tunic, the avnate, the belt roundabout, and a cap, a mitznefes, or a mikbaz. The Kohen Gadol, in addition, had the choshen, the ephod, the me'il, and the tzitz. So, until now, we've, we've, we've uniformed. We have a uniform for the Kohanim. Now we're going to ba- go about to study in detail the procedure of initiating the Kohanim. The procedure, the various karbonos that they had to bring, etc., that we will study tomorrow when we study Revi'i to Chamishi. But now we have finished until Revi'i of Parshas Tetzaveh.